Today's Anxiety Slayer podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Are stress and anxiety interfering with your happiness? Have you been considering seeing a therapist, but you're not sure where to start? BetterHelp will assess your counseling needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist so you can start getting the support you need online in under 24 hours. Special offer for Anxiety Slayer listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash slayer. That's betterhelp.com forward slash slayer. Welcome back to the Anxiety Slayer podcast. I'm Shan Vanderleek here with my wonderful friend and co-host Ananga Sevier. Today we're discussing why our emotional health should be our first priority. Welcome back, Ananga. Hey, Shan. Always lovely to record a new podcast with you. And today, I think that our conversation about emotional health is going to be so helpful for all who listen in, because often our emotional health is pushed on the back burner, and it really needs to be put at the front of the line. Yeah, it's the thing we live through and we live by our emotions, how we feel colors everything in our life. And uh, Ayurveda taught me that emotional and mental well-being comes first, before the herbs. Actually, there's a hierarchy of, of healing in Ayurveda, which goes at the top of the list, emotional and mental well-being, then diet and lifestyle, then herbs. Because if we're suffering with our emotions, it affects everything. It affects our ability to take medicine, to take herbs, to digest our food. It affects everything. It really does. And I love the quote that you found for us this week by Dr. Carolyn Leaf that says, you can eat all the organic kale in the world, but if you don't heal your mind, you're still going to feel unhealthy. And that is incredibly true. Yeah. And then Ayurveda teaches that we're not what we eat, we're what we digest. So even the healthiest food becomes unhealthy. It can even become toxic to us. If we eat when we're angry or upset, then, you know, again, we can be eating a really healthy meal, but it's how we're digesting it. If we're stressed, anxious, angry, or upset, we're not going to digest it well and it's not going to serve us well. So, emotional health first. And having the opportunity to work for our own well being and peace of mind is such an incredibly valuable investment. We are not powerless. We can make the choices that we need to make to take much better care of our mental well-being by being mindful of what we think, what we say, what we do, what we eat, what we watch, what we listen to, all of those things that are a part of living that impact our health, that impact our state of mind, and that power of choice and whether those things are helping or harming us is right there for us to choose. When we're suffering with our mind, it's a challenging thing because we're operating through the apparatus that's disturbed. So we have to take great care in our choices. When the mind's disturbed with anxiety or we're feeling low, it doesn't direct us well. And it will challenge any choices that, that are good for us. 
so many people have written about this. Even uh, Stephen Pressfield writes about this in the, the War of Art. He writes mm. about procrastination and, and how the mind is always checking anything we try and do that's good for us. It doesn't mind if we want to scroll. It doesn't mind if we want to drink. It doesn't mind if we want to go back to bed. It doesn't mind if we want to gossip. It doesn't mind if we want to eat rubbish. It's good with that. But if we want to do something healthy, take a walk, unburden ourselves by talking to somebody we trust, do some meditation, do some tapping, it's going to challenge us and it's going to object. And that's doubly hard. But for me, what really helped was just knowing that, mm -hmm. that it's not me that's objecting, it's my mind. And then we have to be clever in how we find workarounds for it or how we can sneak things past it. <laughs> that it's not going to object to. And it can be really simple things like essential oils that can affect our mind and bring in calming and changing things in our environment, changing up colors, changing who we're willing to share our energy with. There are things we can do to sneak around the mind which will benefit it. And we just have to get very creative and very persistent, very determined. And you've often said that our emotional filters color everything. What do you mean by that when you say that? Everything that comes at us goes through our own um, our own outlook, our own emotional outlook. So if we're feeling low and somebody says, you know, it's a beautiful day, we might hear our mind say, you might think so. <laughs> we're going to naysay it because it's yeah. going through a filter of lowness. We need to know that everything goes through our emotional filters. You listen to people, wonderful, inspiring people like Maya Angelou, and you listen to her filters. Everything goes through her filter of God put a rainbow in the clouds. Mm. It goes through that joyful, faithful filter. And it's not like she didn't have a life, you know, free from trauma or adversity. Sure. And it's not that we can always emulate that, or we should certainly not feel less than if we're not living how she lived. We have to live the best we can. We have to find our footing and our way. And sometimes we do feel low and sometimes we do feel hopeless. And we don't need to kick ourselves for it. No. We don't need to compare ourselves with others. We need to respect what we're going through. But it's also good to look at what our emotional filters, how they are coloring things, how they are sure. perceiving things. And also to ask ourselves, what would it take to change this? Mm-hmm. And what else is possible? So when I'm feeling really low and I don't want to walk to Lake Michigan or I don't want to have the salad for lunch, I'd rather have a plate of nachos or whatever those choices are where we go <laughs> to that comfort place or the, the least amount of, of doing anything back to the mind saying, oh, you don't want to do this. It's much easier to do that we can start to question that and ask what else is possible? What would it take to change how I'm feeling right now? Because if we respect our experience from prior to this particular moment in this situation where we're at, we know that we're going to feel better if we get the walk-in. We know mm -hmm. that our body is going to thank us tenfold if we put some healthy, nutritious food inside of our bellies instead of going to that place that makes our mouths happy but doesn't necessarily do anything for our bodies 
Yeah. One thing that helps me with that is to bookend my days, to, to think, what do I need to do today that when I get into bed tonight, I'll be glad I did it? Mm. Um, because nobody likes to go to bed and kick themselves. And we're so quick to do it. And it's so easy to do it. You just go to bed and shoot all over yourself. Ah, you didn't do this today. Ah, you didn't do that today. And either we need to put our hand on our heart and say, look, I'm tired and I'm trying. You know, it doesn't help for us to just kick ourselves around. Or we need to start really small and just find something that when we go to bed tonight, we can say, I did this. Whether it's drinking more water, switching up a coffee for a chamomile tea, a breathing exercise for five minutes, some tapping, follow a guided tapping session for five minutes, just some small investment in self-respect and self-care that we can go to bed and say, today I did this. Mm -hmm. And I'm pleased with myself that I did it. And from that we can build. We're never going to do it by kicking ourselves and shooting on ourselves. We just feel worse and worse and we fall into that unfortunate state of mind where procrastination lives and lethargy lives so we need just need to ease ourselves out real gently and just find something something to read something to listen to someone to talk to something some journaling so that when we turn in tonight we can say i did that to help myself and anything counts any small act counts yeah the celebration is so important mm -hmm. to celebrate it all mm -hmm. mm. And when we get back from the break, we'll have a dialogue about the importance of talking about our concerns and needs and the importance of acceptance and self-compassion. Today's Anxiety Slayer podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Are stress and anxiety interfering with your happiness and preventing you from living your best life? Last year, I worked with a therapist at BetterHelp to manage my anxiety around my daughter moving away from home in the middle of the pandemic. What a relief it was to have someone kind and objective in my corner. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online, and their service is available for clients worldwide. You get timely and thoughtful responses Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you don't have to leave the comfort of your own home. It's more affordable than traditional in-person counseling, and financial aid is available. Special offer for Anxiety Slayer listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash slayer. That's betterhelp.com forward slash slayer. Before the break, we were talking about respecting our experience, being kind to ourselves, and how our emotional filters color everything. And now we'd like to switch to the importance of talking about our concerns and our needs, what we need when we're feeling low and not feeling like ourselves. Somebody I respect very much as a spiritual mentor. Years ago, I had a conversation with them and expressed a little dissatisfaction at where I was uh, on my spiritual path that I felt I should be a little more ahead of myself by this time. But I was talking about how I sort of realized where I was and it was a more truthful place to be, to reappraise and see where I needed to go next. And he just very simply said, I always say, unless you know where you are on a map, you can't move forward. 
One of my teachers said to me, the only thing that's real is the earth underneath your feet. (laughs) Beautiful. Yeah, that was really so helpful for me for aspirants in personal development, spiritual living, whatever we're aspiring towards. We have these peaks and troughs and false flaws and expectations. And Mm -hmm. the only place we can work from is where we are. Just like if you set your sat nav in your car, unless it knows where you're starting from, it can't direct you. Right. So finding acceptance with that has been really helpful for me. I read a book years ago that was titled, Wherever You Go, There You Are. Yeah. It was was a really, really excellent book. And it's been so many years, I cannot tell you who the, the author is. But I remember feeling like I was better for having read it. Yeah. I have that book here somewhere. I think it's John Kabat-Zinn. Yeah, wherever we go, there we are. So that's the acceptance piece. Again, not kicking ourselves around, not shooting all over ourselves. Oh, I thought I'd be here. I thought I'd be free from my anxiety by now. You know, I, I had a good few months and now it's back. We need to accept where we are. Okay, it's back. What do we do next? Okay, right. I feel low. What, what do I need? And sometimes we, it really begins with the acceptance of showing ourselves kindness, not resisting anxiety, not resisting sadness, a low mood, and whatever negative bias the mind is trying to throw up, it isn't you, it isn't me, it isn't us, it's the mind, it's not the bigger us. But to accept that, okay, this is how it is, what do I do now? And sometimes what we have to do is sit with it for a bit and be with it for a bit and not push on and we need to allow ourselves the space to process it to look for the lessons in it, because uh, it's just going to keep coming around. It is. And, and being able to put ourselves again, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, at the front of the line. And there was a, a really good example of this just recently. Simone Biles, who is the arguably the best gymnast that ever has walked the earth, took herself out of the Olympics, out of the team competition to take care of her mental health. And she went into the games with so much pressure, being just this media darling, this incredible athlete, bulletproof, right? So she goes to Japan, and normally with family and and friends supporting her in the stands, and they're not there because of COVID. There aren't any spectators. There's all of this pressure to win everything that she does. And she started to get spun about and she took herself out mm. and took care of herself. This just five years ago, this wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Never. And to see her claim to have that self-compassion and acceptance that this wasn't working out for her and that she really in the best interests of herself and her team needed to step back and get the care she needed. I was blown away by that. Yeah. Absolutely it's, blown away. It's a fantastic example. It's an excellent example. And we need to look at when are we going to do that for ourselves? You know, sometimes emotionally, we feel like we're on the top of a sliding slope. And if one foot goes over, we're going to go down. I've had times like that in my life where I just feel like one more thing and my mind is going to snap. Right. And only we can say stop. Yeah. Initially, only we can say enough, then we need help, then we need support. 
Yeah. And then when you look at what's happening in the, in the collective, I like to refer to the conscious collective or the unconscious collective, depending on the conversation, we're finally starting to see a shift of understanding and research and people with very large platforms and followings coming forward to talk about mental health Mm -hmm. and to make it something that we can have a conversation about. I realize you and I have been having a conversation about it for 12 years, but the rest of the world is now catching up. And every time I see somebody else come forward, I'm so grateful because then that message expands and expands so that we can get to this place where we are taking better care of each other, where we're not judging someone because they've made a choice to look after themselves. And with the example that I just shared about Simone, so many trolls went after her for stepping out. How could she do that? She was letting down her team, her country, blah, blah, blah. And yet, no matter what those folks have to say, it doesn't matter because she did what she had to do and she did it with the support of her coach. She didn't have the old school coach saying, yeah, go ahead and finish your, your last vault with a broken ankle like Carrie Strug did years and years ago. And everybody was like, oh, bless her, her bravery to do that. You know, she trashed her ankle probably for the rest of her life doing that. And so just those two examples of many moons ago, somebody pushing through, I can do this, I can, I can tape it up and I can get the gold medal versus, you know what, this isn't worth it. I have to take care of myself. I have to put my health first. Yeah. Anyway, obviously I'm very fired up about this subject and, you know. uh, (laughs) No, but it's a great example. And it's another example, again, of the point that only we can speak up. And it's not easy. A load of opinions come your way in response. But, you know, talking about uh, the colors and flavors of our emotional filters, when you hear about people saying, you know, you're letting your team down, you, you know, and, and sometimes people will say, I would never do that. Those are also emotions to look at. It's a filter to look at. And to me, when people talk like that, it sounds very brittle. It does. And that's something also that we pay for down the line. It's something that will affect our mental well-being down the line. It has its own unique way of doing that. We need to soften and we need to be flexible emotionally. And if we're having a really difficult day today or a difficult month, only we can speak for ourselves and say, this is too much for me and I need support. And we need and deserve support when we're looking after our emotional health. And that's why it's great that we have this partnership running with BetterHelp at the moment, because it's a a service that's dedicated to people being heard safely. And that's something we need when we need support with our emotions. Absolutely. And of course, our own breakthrough coaching and any support that you can get by listening to podcasts, by reading books, by reaching out to a counselor, a trusted friend, anyone that has your back in that sweet way that can say and hold you in in that softness. And I've got you. I'm available. I might not be able to solve what's happening, but I can listen. And maybe I can make some suggestions. Mm -hmm. And before we wrap today, I just 
I want to invite each and every person listening to remember that you have the choice and that you are more powerful than you know and that you are more capable than you sometimes will allow yourself to be to make these choices to support your mental health, to put yourself at the front of the line and really give yourself credit for realizing that your emotional health should be your first priority. Thank you so much for listening to Anxiety Slayer. If you love our podcast, we invite you to become a patron for loads of Anxiety Slayer extras. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash anxiety slayer. Thank you.